birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus, God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew, for God is with us. Thanks, Sissy. Right, I'm just going to grab a few. <laughs> All right, so we should um, probably start the talking by how we got here today. Um, when she's introduce myself. Which one? We'll do that after. All right, okay. Um, <laughs> Anonymous. We went on a youth camp to somewhere in the New Fanny Forest. Cross. Fanny Cross. Cross Centre. Yeah. And um, we sort of got our heads together about what we thought was um, good about St. Jude's, what was bad, and what needed to change. And we, um, because it was, um, oh, I'm really loud. It was a vision week, wasn't it? Um, vision weekend for the rest of the church. So the, um, the church asked us if we could have a think about what our vision for the youth was. So, as you said, we had a talk. Yes, we had a talk, and we uh, decided to target the evening service because we thought um, we have quite um, a select congregation here. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're all friendly faces here, and um, we thought this was the place to start the change. Um, so you've already seen some of that tonight. We've had an extended worship session, which is something we advocated, and tonight we are young people preaching to you. So, do some introductions, Johnny. Um, so, I'm Johnny, I'm 17, I went to Haven, and I think this is a really good opportunity for us to test out the waters as to what a, a youth service is, and hopefully introduce this as a regular thing, and something that will grow and be a great thing for the church. I'm Peter, I also go to Haven College, and I hope this is a success, and we can do this again many times over. Hi, I'm James. Um, I play the drums, as you may have seen. Um, so yeah, I, I just thought I'd really like to have an impact on the service in other ways, other than playing in music. So this would be a good way to do that. All right, so to start off the service, we thought we'd get a bit of uh, interaction from the congregation, because um, we thought that would be good. Um, so when we were talking on Wednesday uh, about what we we're going to do at the service, um, we thought about what, what is the perfect Christmas, what makes, the, what makes Christmas perfect, and what, is, what would make the perfect Christmas. Um, so we've got our own ideas, and we'll be talking about that today. We thought we'd ask you what you think your perfect Christmas is. So if you want to discuss so, yeah, that. Just amongst yourself you. with the person next to you, ask them what their name is, first of all. Um, and then say, uh, just ask them what, what is their idea of their perfect Christmas. So. No, mate, that's why. It's not 
No, I don't think it's that. This mic is strong enough to pick me up. No, that will be strong. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that. But I think I think I'm projecting quite well. Well, you were just speaking to the microphone there, so okay, they can hear you. So anyway, um, good start, right? Okay, so if we could come to a close in our chats. Thank you very much. Got good training from my dad, Vicar, though. So, <laughs> nice to be um, Right, so did you all hopefully have a talk, other than just chatting to each other and catching up, about what was important about Christmas to you? Good, right. Does anyone want to say what they had? Thank you, Mum. Hands up, please. <laughs> Someone at the back? Hannah? <laughs> right. So. <laughs> well, that would make the perfect Christmas. Yeah. When we all love Alright. So we thought, where it's better to start if you're talking about the perfect Christmas than to start with the original Christmas or the OG Christmas um, by going back 2,000 years to the actual Christmas. Um, so, obviously, it was a very important thing for Christianity, surprisingly enough. Um, but it was kind of riddled with problems, um, which I think I'm going to point out now. So, um, for example, Mary, obviously, um, the angel Gabriel came and spoke to her and said, you're going to be pregnant with God's son, but you are a virgin, and you're not married, and it's not really the perfect situation for you um, because that's, that's not something that's highly looked upon in the society, um, at, especially at that time, uh, with the risk of being stoned. Um, and that's not funny. Um, not, not at all. 
Uh, you, you can laugh about it now, but 2,000 years ago, that is, that's terrible. Um, so I think that, that, that's where the problems start for Mary. Yeah, so um, um, as Sissy was reading out earlier, um, Joseph, in fact, had in mind to divorce her. Um, and that even though Joseph was a good person, and so he had in mind to do this quietly so that Mary wouldn't face public disgrace, um, the Christmas story wouldn't have been able to happen without Joseph staying with her, really, in the same way that it did. And Joseph only stayed with her because of God interacting with Joseph. And so what we can get from this is that, just like the original Christmas story wouldn't work in the same way, Christmas really isn't the same without us speaking to God and talking to God in prayer without kind of the relationship with God between us. Uh-huh. Um, and then the next problem that Mary faces is the census, or as James wrote, censor, um, because she had to travel to Bethlehem, and travelling whilst pregnant, I know from personal experience, is, is, not, is, is not extremely fun, um, and no, no matter how you travel, it's not going to be the best way. Uh, I mean, walking's a start, that's not, not kind of the best mode of transport if you're pregnant. Um, even cars, trains, buses, they're all not fun, but imagine going on a donkey, uh, that's quite a bumpy ride. Um, it, it, it can hurt even if you're not pregnant, so I'm sure being pregnant, it's not, it's not going to make it any better. Um, so that's yet another problem. So it wasn't exactly ideal, was it? Yeah, um, so yet another problem. Um, then you arrive in Bethlehem, thinking you're going to get a lovely hotel, a lovely inn, a nice place that's going to be comfortable, um, so that when the baby comes around, you'll be settled in and it'll be lovely. Uh, they arrive yet, at the inn what happened? to be told there's no room, Shove off. Um, we so, have a stable, though, if you want. You can go hang out with the animals. So can we just have a look at, um, if we could look at Luke chapter 2, verses 6 to 7. So what we've got, it says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. While they were there, the th- time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So just... They've come all this way from, like, Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem, and they don't even get a place in the inn. Like, just the fact that normally, if you, you're full up, but then someone comes in and they're pregnant, normally you'd have thought that they'd kind of, you'd accommodate them, maybe even put them in your own bed because they're pregnant. But obviously this was too kind for the innkeeper, um, who didn't even let them do that. So it's just kind of quite surreal in the way that they were treated, really. So definitely not perfect in any way. I think we need to go back to the um, paradox that is the first Christmas, really. Although you have all these huge imperfections, you know, no room at the inn and all that, um, you have to go back to the fact that it is the perfect Christmas, because Jesus was born, and he is the only thing that's perfect. Uh-huh. So it's imperfect and perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, after Jesus is born, uh, the Son of God comes to earth, um, so the perfect thing has happened uh then king herod decides that what's he going to do um try and get rid of jesus so um instead of maybe hunting him out specially um every child under three is uh, uh no so every male uh, child under three is going to be killed um so if we could have a look at the reading uh, Matthew Matthew well. 2 verse 13 uh-huh uh it says uh, when the wise men had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He said, get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. What Herod does, he kills every single 
boy under the age of three. And this is just really atrocious, as you can imagine. Um, like, you hear about all this stuff, like the siege last week in Sydney, um, and those three people who were killed, and the hundreds of people, children killed in Pakistan. And you just think, what's happening in the world? It's, it should be like Christmas time, we should be all kind of celebrating the goodness in the world. But then you look back at the original story, and this atrocity happened when everything should have been perfect. And it was just so awful, the situation. Yeah, it was, it was meant to be the perfect thing, uh, but yet there, there were so many imperfect, imperfections about it um, and about the events surrounding Jesus being born. Um, I think it really kind of it emphasizes how important Jesus was. Yeah, because that Jesus' coming should be baptized in tragedy, that the world should be so averse to the Son of God coming down that all of this horrible stuff should happen. It just uh -huh. kind of highlights the importance of Jesus and despite all of them. Um, Despite all of this awful stuff, there's still perfection in all. Yeah. That's Jesus. Okay, so right now I think it's time to bring us back to the 21st century. Um, so clearly we need to talk about sort of the increasing secularization of um, Western society in particular. Um, and with this secularization has come uh, perhaps a warped meaning of Christmas where rather than sort of reflecting on the birth of Christ and what this means for us, we have become um, enveloped by just consumerist ideals. You know, we have to have this, that, and the other. We have to have this, that, and the other to have a perfect Christmas. Um, so yeah, the meaning of Christmas has become warped. You know, in America, they're trying to um, discourage the use of the word Merry Christmas because it's like too religious. Um, Placing it with season's greetings, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that exemplifies the secularization. And uh, so the point is, for Christians living in an ever-secular world, it's very hard to hold on to the true meaning of Christmas. Very hard. I think it's, it's a struggle for all of us to, to sort of retain the true value of Christmas. Yeah, we're, we're constantly being life. pushed away from what Christianity is um, and, what, and what Christmas is because the, uh, the whole celebration is of Jesus coming, and we're constantly pushed away from that and told to celebrate um, all, the, all, all the physical things that we can get on Christmas Day and uh, all of the advertisements and all of the lights and things like this. And yes, it's a brilliant celebration, but the one thing missing from the celebration is the thing you're celebrating. Um, that we end up celebrating nothing um, without having Jesus there, and I think it's really dangerous and it's quite scary. It seems that our world is trying to replace the most perfect thing with petty distractions, which, of course, is yeah. never the answer. I mean, the amount of people who get overstressed because of Christmas and preparing for Christmas, like, my dad's really ill at the moment. I'm sure he'll be happy for me to mention that. But just because of the amount of stuff you have to do for Christmas, because of all this stuff, and even within the church, even within the confines of Christian, not confines, even within Christianity, people are still getting stressed because they're worrying about getting all the services right, doing all of this. Um, doing everything, and yet somehow Jesus is not pushed aside, definitely not pushed aside, but somehow we're letting the stresses get to us. And if we look at Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, Jesus says to Martha, when Martha is kind of stressing about looking after him and getting all the meals prepared, 
Um, when she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. So this is kind of like us preparing for the Sunday lunch, uh, the Christmas lunch even. And then Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you were worried and upset about many things. Weren't upset about many things. Um, and I'll summarize it. Um, you shouldn't be upset by these many things. You should be focused on what's most important, which is my word, Jesus' word. And so, even though all of these things distract us, we need to be concentrating on the one perfection with Christmas. We try to make things perfect, but how can we make things perfect when it's all about us? Yeah, human error. Yeah, yeah, yeah but saying that, we don't, we don't want to be these um, people who just sort of discourage stress at every opportunity. Like, this is this episode of the IT crowd <laughs> where this guy comes in and he's just like, can't be stressed, can't be stressed, can't be stressed. But inside, all these feelings are building up and accumulating. And eventually, Roy, he just he? boils over. So, stress isn't necessarily a bad thing. The point is that Christmas can be imperfect, and it's inherently imperfect because we're human, we're not perfect. And Christmas, I think, Christmas doesn't have to be perfect. Through, through that, we have to focus on Jesus because that is the only perfect thing about Christmas. The only perfect thing about Christmas is Jesus, and I think that's, that's magical, it's beautiful. So just remember that this Christmas, when you're trying to make everything really, go, really good and make everything go well, mince pies, not burnt, all of that, just remember that the only perfect thing about Christmas is Jesus, not us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That was genuine.